Welcome to the University of California, San Francisco Sports Medicine Podcast, featuring Dr. Nira Fundia, Dr. Brian Feely, and Dr. Drew Lansdowne, discussing hot topics in sports medicine and society. We hope you enjoy our podcast and look forward to hearing from you. All right. Welcome to uh, this week's edition of Six to Eight Weeks. Today, we're going to talk about an injury that's probably less common than we realize, but still seems to happen to a lot of famous players. We're going to talk about Achilles tendon ruptures. Um, I think this is timely because the Atlanta Braves uh, starting pitcher, Mike Sororka, had an Achilles tendon rupture for his right side last year. Um, And then During this year, he actually underwent exploratory surgery on his right Achilles to check things out. And then when he was walking to the clubhouse last Thursday, um, he felt a pop, he got an MRI, and the um, reports are that it was a complete re-injury of the tendon. Um, So this is interesting for a variety of different reasons. And I was just gonna bring up a recent study that was done, I think that's um, relatively important because these are actually relatively uncommon injuries. And this was a study done by uh, Drew Lansdowne's mentor, Bernie Bach. And they looked at a variety of different things in major league baseball players. And um, when we look at major league baseball players, um, and this study was done a few years ago in the HSS journal, they're relatively uncommon. And if you go all the way back to 1972, there's maybe one or two a year. Um, And even though, it's uncommon in major league baseball players. What this shows is that when this happens to the power generating part of your leg, so for pitchers, their drive leg. So for Sororka, that this is his pitching leg. Um, and for runners and people who hit their back leg or the one that generates power seems to have more of a um, clinically and performance related um, downside to their careers. Now, I think what's particularly interesting about um, Achilles tendon ruptures is how many incredibly famous people have actually had Achilles tendon ruptures. Um, So I'm going to name off some people, Drew, and I want you to tell me yes or no if they've had an Achilles tendon rupture. So we'll do a little trivia. Ready. Um, All right. Kevin Durant. Yes. Good. So Kevin Durant's had an Achilles tendon rupture. um, He came back really well from it too. He came back amazingly well. All right. Okay. It's going to get a little bit harder now. Judy Dench. No idea. All right. Turns out Judy Dench ruptured her Achilles way back in 1981 in the musical Cats. Wow. Who knew? Okay. All right. Now, some people we think about as indestructible. So what about The Rock? No. No, I know. That's what I would think. The um, People Magazine's Sexiest Man Alive in 2016 did have an Achilles tendon rupture. Wow. So, yeah. So it turns out probably pretty common. There may be some enhancement issues with him, or maybe he just eats too much cod. Um, but this is my favorite. Has Brad, this gives it away. In what movie did Brad Pitt tear his Achilles? Ooh. I am, I have no idea. So it turns out when he was playing Achilles in the movie Troy, he tore no his Achilles. I mean, who would have thought? Wow. Amazing. <laughs> so you're wondering what other information I can get on foot edu- footeducation.com. There's a lot more. Yeah. <laughs> but taking a step back, it seems that either Achilles tendon ruptures only happen to really cool famous people. It's like multiple sexiest men, men alive, David Beckham, um, Dwayne Johnson, Brad Pitt. So it's basically seems to be an injury of 
sexy athletes and sexy <laughs> actors, but why are they so common? Or is it just that we hear about them all the time? And so I think we hear about them a lot just because they are a really consequential injury. Um, and the Achilles tendon, it connects the calf muscles. Um, there's two, the gastrocnemius and the soleus muscles um, that are running down the back of your leg and they connect those to the foot. And um, that lets us push off. Um, so kind of like pointing the foot down, stepping on a gas pedal, um, jumping, running, anything like that. You need that, um, that muscle strength and then that attachment of the Achilles. And um, I think especially in like the athletic population, um, you know, it's something that we hear a lot about because when it happens, it's such a devastating injury because, uh, you know, these guys, they can't jump, run, push off to throw, you know, turn while they're batting and um, generate power from the legs. And um, so there are still pretty unusual injuries, but uh, we hear about them a lot because they're um, so consequential. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think, you know, a lot of times this seems to happen um, in our in athletes as they kind of hit that 28 to 33 to 35 year old range. So when Kobe Bryant had his, he was kind of in the second half of his career. KD, it doesn't seem like, I mean, he still seems young, but realistically he may be in the second half of his career. He's just been playing forever. Um, the ones I think about like Richard, Richard Sherman, um, definitely um, in the latter half of his career, even though he's still awesome as a 49er. Yeah. Um, you know, I think one of the things patients often ask is, well, do I need advanced imaging? You know, I heard a pop, uh, patients will often say like, it felt like somebody shot me in the back of the knee or, or back of the um, calf or somebody um, hit me. And I, patients say, I looked down to see if, so, if something had hit me. And then I noticed that something didn't feel right. So do you get an MRI or ultrasound when you've got patients with an Achilles tendon rupture? Um, so you actually don't always need it because a lot of times you can feel the defect in the tendon. Um, and so you can compare it to the other ankle where, you know, you almost have like a rope connecting that muscle to the foot. And then um, there's just a gap in it after the injury. Um, and then uh, there's a test too, where we'll squeeze the calf and see if the foot moves. Um, just kind of seeing if that muscle is connected. And um, if you have those findings, um, you may not need an MRI. Uh, the MRI or an ultrasound it can tell you, you know, is it completely torn? Is it partially torn? So um, sometimes it can be, you know, you can feel like maybe there's some tendon attached and it's just a partial injury or uh, sometimes that story about, you know, somebody like kicked me in the back of the leg uh, or I felt something pop in my calf. Um, you can have that too with just um, pulling the muscle. And so um, if the injury is higher up, um, the MRI can, you know, help understand, you know, is it the tendon? Is it the muscle? Um, is it something that'll get better on its own or? Yeah, is it I think that... it's pretty, it's pretty uncommon for me to get an MRI when I have a patient with Achilles tendon ruptures. Um, I did want to ask you, um, well, first of all, Nerov isn't here because kids just don't get a Achilles tendon ruptures. I think yeah. there's maybe, I've heard of maybe one under 25 kid ever that I've had. And that was a rugby player. Um, so this really isn't an injury for kids. So we gave Nero the night off. Um, for me, you know, I rely on the um, Thompson test, which I've renamed the Clay Thompson test. Um, even though the Thompson test used to not be named after Clay, I think it's much more appropriate to just call it yeah. the Clay Thompson test. Um, I think it's sufficient um, 
to get to not rely on imaging, I think nine times out of 10, we can tell when it's a complete rupture versus a near complete rupture. And for me, the treatment is usually going to be surgical, even though, you know, when I trained, almost everybody had surgery with this. Um, I think now the tide is kind of turned. And I think, especially if you're a little bit lower demand, some of the data suggests it's actually okay to cast this or to treat this in serial casting rather than surgery. Um, do you have any experience in managing these non-operatively? Yeah, and um, I think interestingly, uh, most people will do really well without surgical treatment. And um, it's um, it requires like attentive treatment, like you're either in a cast or a boot or a splint uh, to mobilize it, you know, start putting weight on it early and then a good rehab program. Uh, but most of the time that can get the tendon to heal, uh, get the muscle to work again. Um, and they've done randomized studies where they've had people with both treatments and compared them um, and really sh have shown no or not much of a difference between um, surgery and um, the non-surgical treatment. And um, and then for a lot of people, the surgery carries, you know, more risks. So always risks of infection and, um, you know, like Mike Soroka, uh, where, you know, you go through an operation and then the tendon re-tears um, and, you know, you're kind of dealing with it down the road still, but uh, which can certainly happen with the non-surgical treatment. But, um, um, you know, if you can go through it without an operation for a lot of people, it's a, you know, a really good option. Yeah, I think for most athletes, they will err on the side of surgery just for the predictability. Yeah, but I agree. Most of the literature suggests that it's probably okay to think about this being something at least to consider if you are averse to surgery, you have more risk factors. Um, if you are worried that the wound might not heal, so certainly if you're a diabetic, if you decided in your mid-30s to take up vaping or cigarette smoking just to be cool with the uh, younger kids, um, it may not be ideal to have an incision down in the lower part of the leg. Um, I think we've all seen, unfortunately, people with complications from these injuries, whether it's a re-injury um, or a wound infection, and I think it's kind of underrepresented how big of a deal uh, a, a problem with an incision down in the foot can be. So that is the one thing I will tell my patients with an Achilles tendon rupture is there's any risk factors that you may not heal this. Um, once we make an incision, then it's a good idea to at least try non-operative management first and we can always transition. Yeah. So I think, you know, this is probably one of those things that comes up over and over and over when we talk about injuries, but why does it take so long to get back from an Achilles tendon rupture? Yeah, so part of it is, um, so the tendons ruptured, and then, you know, for these elite athletes, um, like they're going to have it repaired surgically, um, and then that tendon has to heal, and that takes at least a couple months um, for, um, you know, that connection to reform and to become strong enough, um, and then during that time, the muscle atrophies, and so you lose muscle strength, lose muscle control, um, and then have to go through the process of building that back up. Um, and then, you know, especially to get to the level that um, these guys are at, um, you know, it uh, takes time to, you know, really reach that point again. Um, and so it's not uncommon that this takes, you know, nine months, 12 months, um, even a little longer to get that same, you know, power and uh, the uh, speed back that they had before. Yeah, and I think certainly in the NBA where we see the, we see these most often. And when you think about like in Major League Baseball, there's 25 people on a roster. 
there's I think 32 teams. I don't know there's here, and it and I think that's um, I think that's often um, one of those things where it's a starter. It's somebody that is just accumulated years and years and years and jump of jumping. Um, do you think this is a overuse type injury, or do you think this is more of a bad luck? Just you know, it just happens type of injury. Um, I think a lot of them are probably linked more to overuse. Um, and especially like we'll see it in, you know, like the weekend warrior population where um, you kind of get out, try to do a bit more and then um, have the tendon fail. And so I think it's just like kind of a repetitive overload of the tendon uh, or maybe the muscles too stiff and it's not giving as much as usual and then puts too much force across the tendon and that fails. Uh, but uh, probably, you know, that's another reason why we see it in that older population or not older, but, um, you know, for professional athletes, kind of that second half of the career age range. What do you think? Yeah, I think you just called me old, which I totally accept because I think I still can beat you as long as my outside shots working. Um, <laughs> I think that's a great point about the stiffness of the muscle, because I think it's one of those things we can't really measure. Um, tendonitis where they're starting to get sore while they're playing, they may not necessarily be at an increased risk from the pain down at the tendon, but if their whole posterior calf and their foot is getting tight, that's probably going to lead to an increased risk. So I think it's really, really important to make sure you maintain as much flexibility in the, in the muscle, in the tendon, and all the way into the foot. So all those stretches that you do for plantar fasciitis and your calf, um, I think are vitally important for people that want to play tennis into their 40s, 50s, 60s, continue to play basketball. What do you um, tell it, what do you tell people about how long it takes for them to get back to like especially like elite level athletics? Sure. So I think for high level athletes, I tell pe people it's going to be a year. And I think for the most part, when you look at the first year back, and this has been studied pretty well in the NBA. Their first year back, they're going to lose a little bit, um, maybe about, you know, I would say depending on the metrics, about five to 10%. And then that recovers by about half the second year. So there was a, there've been a variety of good studies that have been published in the last three to four years that use advanced metrics um, from the NBA um, and look at overall performance. And it drops a little bit after an Achilles tendon rupture. And for sure, that's after they've taken a year off, but then there are confounding factors. When you think about it, well, if you take a year off, let's say you're 30, you get an Achilles tendon rupture. Well, then you're 31, you're off, and you come back right when you're 32, you're two years older. Um, then the team is now worried about you. So you're gonna have some load management. So most studies show that the number of games played the year back and the second year back is down by about 10% and your minutes played are down. But I think that's also now team doctors and team athletic trainers being a little bit more conservative and trying to preserve the career and, and um, athletic lifespan of these athletes, which, so I think even though the data suggests they come back slowly and they come back not quite as quote unquote good, they're still amazing. Um, they're still really good. And that protection um, of their playing time and their load management, I think is really important. And I think that's largely why you see people like KD having such a great playoff run. He was having a great playoff run. Um, now it's over. Um, but that is largely due to, I think, better management of these athletes as they recover. And I think that's largely, you know, you can credit Riley Williams and the staff at, with the, new, with the um, Brooklyn Nets, uh, how well they take care of these athletes and really protect them in that first year coming back. 
Yeah, so I think the other. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, it's also one of those injuries where it's not even a guarantee that you're able to come back. Um, I think, you know, we think with a lot of injuries that, you know, we get them through the process and they're able to get back for sure. Um, but there's a lot of, you know, players where this was like the end for them. And I mean, if you look at somebody like DeMarcus Cousins right now, um, he had his Achilles and um, just really hasn't been able to come back the same. Uh, Patrick Ewing, um, a number of others that, you know, that was kind of it for them. Um, and so it's, it can be like a, you know, pretty tough one to get through. Right. But DeMarcus is playing. He just didn't cover that inbound pass quite right. Yeah. And I'm still afraid of DeMarcus. So I'm for sure. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, he's doing great. He's doing great. (laughs) Um, So one thing I think has come up and certainly it came up with Clay Thompson, even though it was kind of backwards are, are athletes that have Achilles tendon ruptures subsequently are there do you think that they're more likely to have additional injuries or is this something that if you come back and you take the time off and recover you can essentially go back and reach your previous level of injury risk um you know i think that it probably is kind of a marker of that um you know stage in your career where your body isn't able to handle quite the load that you're putting on it um so you know, I would just kind of suppose that they're at a higher risk, um, but more that it's, you know, you start accumulating that wear and tear and then uh, more prone to, you know, smaller things developing and, um, you know, just kind of rolling into bigger things down the road. Yeah, I think one of the things we don't really talk about, but probably comes up a lot for basketball players is we think about Achilles tendon ruptures and potentially knee injuries or contralateral Achilles tendon ruptures, but they're probably, or they may at least be more prone to foot injuries and other foot and ankle injuries. And I think um, that's probably our next step is to be able to figure out the right rehabilitation protocols to really manage these athletes or at least kind of weekend warriors so that they get back and they can get back to a level of performance that they want. Um, I'd argue that the NBA may already be there, like if, especially if Clay comes back next year after two years off an ACL and an Achilles tendon rupture. If evidence like um, Kevin Durant shows that you actually can come back and perform if you're managed appropriately, I think we're probably on the right track. I think Kevin Durant is also pretty special. Yeah, he is. He, he's probably exactly what I would have been like if I was seven foot one and <laughs> yeah. had seven ten wings. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I can't quite make my outside jumpers like that, but yeah. I I pretty much can dunk like pretty that. close. Yeah, pretty close. All right. Well, thank you very much for joining us for tonight. Um, we desperately missed uh, Dr. Pandya and his um, witty banter about pediatric uh, Achilles tendon ruptures, but we hope we can join you next with you next time. Thank you for listening to the University of California, San Francisco Sports Medicine Podcast featuring Dr. Mira Bundia, Dr. Brian Feely, and Dr. Drew Lansdowne. We look forward to hearing your feedback and hope you look forward to our next episode. Thank you.